What's up, all you motorcycle enthusiasts? Steve Woods, and welcome back to another mile post of the V Twin Life, where we talk motorcycles powered by those V Twins. What feels a passion? Why we enjoy it so much? V Twin Life is brought to you by that Northwest brand, Crashing Clothing. You can find them on the World Wide Web at crashinclothing.com, on Instagram at crash underscore inc. Don't forget, man, head over to that website, get you guys some crashing gear. We do have that promo code here in the V Twin Life. Crash One is going to save you some money. Check stuff out. Guys, I got some great stuff. I got to say the raincoat is killer. Plus, I got gloves, T-shirts, hats, you name it. Go check it out because uh, why not support small business this time of year? Come to the holidays. Hey, don't forget. Also, a lot of you guys do a lot of riding. Seats are expensive. I have been able to get my hands on the wild-ass seats. They're actually seat cushions, and they're a game changer. I mean, honestly, I've put some miles on it, and... I would recommend them to anybody. So if that's something you might think you want to check out, you go to wild-ass.com, Instagram. They're at the real wild ass. Dude, these things are great, man. I put some miles on and I've talked about it before in some videos, but uh, these things are amazing. So, hey, if that's something you might be interested in, head over to wild ass and get yourself a wild ass. Don't forget windshields, guys. If you're wanting to get a new windshield for your Harley, your Vulcan, whatever you're riding, Long ride windshields. I've been having one on my bike for years. They are great. You can check them out at longrideshields.com. The V Twin Life will save you 15% off site wide anything a long ride sells. So, hey, head over to longrideshields.com and see what they got. Now, let's twist the throttle and get into milepost 40. We've been trying to get creative. So, we came up with, you know, the two time offender, Michael Nielsen, AKA Two Wheels to Survive. Did a big, great ride this summer with the, his Mission 22 ride. So, uh, hey, let's dive into Milepost 40 and let's uh, let's check out this summer adventure. What's going on, bud? Hey, buddy. What's up, man? Glad to be back. <laughs> yeah. You know, the door is always open. You can always come back anytime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nah, never, uh, never feel unwelcome on the V-Twin life. That's for sure. Got to so, keep the, the Northwest brothers in check, you know? Right. So, <laughs> been just about a year, I think, right around there. So, pretty close. Yeah, coming been, up, getting close to it. Yeah, right in that neighborhood. So, been a busy yeah. year. <laughs> it has actually. The V Twin Life first aired October 8th last year. So, actually, the podcast itself is just over a year old now. Well, happy still, birthday. <laughs> still rolling, still cruising. And, you know, got to say, I'm having a lot of fun with it. This has been a, a crazy idea that I just, hey, you know, let's let's just talk motorcycles with people and see what people think. And it's amazing the support and the people that enjoy it and tune in. It's crazy. It's it's been a good show, brother. You've had a lot of cool guests on, man. I enjoy listening to listening to the podcast every time you got to drop a new episode. So it's a lot of fun, you know. It's like uh Matt Swedland, who is now part of uh Harley Davidson, Sweds 01, we talked a while back, and even he made the comment, he goes, your podcast is is different from everything else. He goes, you know, you're, you're, I guess you could say, platform you're going. He goes, you're all about stories, all about travel. It's not, you know, we're not talking product reviews, this taillights, these handlebars, this tires, whatnot. He goes, you're, you know, stories of the road, why people enjoy it, and it's just, in a way, I can say, you know, the adventures of the road. Yeah. Like you said, talking all things motorcycle, not just parts. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it, and you know, we're gonna, we're gonna keep the ride going for a long time. 
the uh <clears throat> yeah no it's it's good i'm glad it's taken off and it's still going a year later heck yeah so i know unfortunately man we sure have not had the best weather up here lately in the northwest for uh get some miles and that's for sure it's definitely been a fall has fallen that's uh, definitely a good way to put it up here it's uh the 75 and sunny 80 and sunnies are uh long gone yeah so, i'm ready for them to come back though not gonna lie <laughs> yeah no no it's a uh, the triple digits we had this summer all that record heat like they can keep that stuff down in the southwest man we don't need that up here <laughs> yeah you know 80s are good comfortable heck Man, I could even go with some mid-60s. I, I won't lie. I'll be honest. Mid-60s. Right? That's yeah, good. I'm, I'm good there. The bike runs like a champ when it's like that. So. <laughs> exactly. But uh, speaking of bike, uh, bought, a new, bought a new bike since the last time I was on. We uh, <laughs> we up, we upgraded. Yeah, so what you know, let it, I'm sure some people that follow along your adventures, but, you know, other people might not. So uh, what do you got to do now? I might as well share. Yeah, so, uh, Last last year, uh, last Christmas, I bought myself a uh, a Christmas present the week before. Uh, traded in my 2011 Road King for a 2020 Road King Special. Um, man, that's night and day. <clears throat> yeah, they're both Road Kings. That's about where it ends. <laughs> <laughs> you know, went from the twin cam to the Milwaukee Eight. Went from a 96 inch to a 114. Just yeah, that bike is. Pretty awesome. I already got sixteen thousand miles on her, and I haven't had her quite a year yet. So that's been, pretty good. <laughs> been doing some riding. So now, going from a guy that you know, from the twin cam to the to the Milwaukee, are are you happy with it? Oh, extremely. That uh, like it's so smooth, and the roll on, like the roll on power is just nuts. Like she just wants to run. You, know, you think you're cracking the throttle to go from maybe 65 to 75 you look down you're doing 90 like she just wants to go and still does great it's i've never upgraded gone newer bigger more power and gotten better gas mileage damn yeah like it's crazy (laughs) can't beat that like i went up in displacement and horsepower and got better fuel mileage Uh, yeah (laughs) that's it's crazy and then, so you so, probably also got the six gallon tank now too, don't you? Well, I had the six gallon on my 2011. So oh, that was, the, um, I think that changed in 08 or 09. So yeah, I still got the good old five. Yeah. And that extra gallon, you know, at 45, 50 miles a gallon, it's another, another mile, another hour on the bike where you got to worry about it. So, well, it's like, uh, last month when me and a uh, buddy beef outs, we went and did that 911 ride. Yeah. Up at, at the longhouse, which you mean for you, oh, yeah. you don't understand where the longhouse is. And yeah. We went all the way up to Burlington, you know, we stayed the night there, all the way up to the Peace Arch, the Canadian border, and coming back down, you know, we took Chuck and Nut and I, we hopped the Kingston Ferry and we're just about to the 104 101 junction. And, you know, my gas light came on. I'm like, well, I know I'm probably not going to make it all the way to PA back home. So, you yeah. know, the only place, you know, my only option is longhouse. Dude, I took 4.82 gallons in a five-gallon tank when I pulled it full off. Yeah, there's like a tenth in the fuel line. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. She was running on vapor. Yeah. Got to do that once in a while. You got to get the, you know, got to air the tank out. Yeah. It's good for you. <laughs> yeah, you got to purge the fuel system. Yeah. Pucker the, 
pucker on the seat a little bit. Yeah, it's good for you. Yeah, we'll so just we'll just cruise at sixty. Set the cruise control only the RPM one steady motion. <laughs> right. Let's we're 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 making a fuel run now. See what we can do. Yeah. But yeah, so we we uh bought the bike in December and uh caught up with you a few months later, and then in May I cracked my front rim, like flat spotted and cracked my front rim. Hit a pothole out in Issaquah and uh, got towed over to East Side. And they were like, Your rim is back ordered till October. <laughs> which, uh, good. Yeah, which almost, I almost had to pull the plug on my, uh, my, my Mission 22, my 22 National Parks ride this summer because of that. So we were, uh, we were stressing a little bit, man. It was, um, it was a rough month there. The bike was on the lift for 40, ish days just over 40 days while i was looking for parts and uh was lucky enough man i had some uh had some people that were watching from the wings that part of the agreement was they shall not be named and called out beyond a thank you for the support they gave me but um stepped in and i had found a rim but it was going to come out of the cost of the trip which was starting to wonder how the trip was going to cover your repair costs i'll cover your rim what you're doing this summer is important you need to go so guardian angels man they're out there they're out there looking for looking out for all of us even when you think they're not watching so was able to get the bike off yeah it was really cool man i was able to get the bike off the lift and uh and still do the trip this summer so it still doesn't seem real i bet not you know that's just you know goes that extra mile just to show what the motorcycle community is all about yeah you know that that we're there's good people everywhere man they uh you know one stepped up was like hey i've got a rim and uh they were actually uh that was des um i can shout her out she's cool with it um knew her when she worked down at destination she was working up at east side she's doing tattoo work these days but um, she uh, she's like, I got a rim. She's like, you know, we need to get you on your trip. So, you know, you're you're good to go. And then while we were sorting that out, like her dog ended up having like emergency surgeries. So she's like, I was just going to give you the rim, but this was on offer up. So I need to pay vet bills. And luckily, you know, because that uh, that guardian angel stepped into my life, I was able to kind of pay that forward and help out there, be able to pay for the rim, what they were asking for it. And make sure their dog got their surgery and we got on the rim and everything worked out. So that one person helped, you know, at least two households and doesn't even realize it. That's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool how the world works sometimes. Yes, it is. And so, yeah, cause what was it June or July that you left for the, uh, the mission uh, last, sa- ride? last Saturday in June, I left, um, right. The, the weekend we had the record heat in the Puget sound. I, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't have planned that if I tried. Yeah, and then head to the south where you're still baking in the heat. <laughs> well, I lucked out. I got to go northeast and into the mountains before I went back down into the desert. But I uh, I never really did get away from that heat. That heat gnome just kind of hung out in the northwest there. You know, I didn't, I didn't really get out of the triple-digit record temperatures, so I got out to Glacier. Um, by then, it was finally getting back to average summer temperatures. And then uh, stayed out of it through Montana and down into Wyoming. 
got back into it a little bit in Utah when I did Moab and stuff. And, you know, Western Slope of Colorado was amazing. Uh, actually got rained on there, got rained on in central Utah a little bit. Nothing too crazy. None of those, none of those big flash flood storms that you hear about when people ride Utah. But I yeah, was, that's uh, one geographical area I would, I want to get to soon that I'd love to venture to Colorado to it and Utah. Those are just, they're high on my list. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're uh they're bucket list rides for a reason, you know, riding 14 through Torrey, you know, down through Capitol reef and, you know, our down Capitol reef and Bryce Canyon and all of that. It's, it's, there's a reason it's such a hot spot to go ride. It's absolutely beautiful. Words don't describe it. And then, uh, Western Colorado is cool, man. Like I did, um, I spent two days out at Grand Junction, um, did Black Canyon of the Gunnison out there. It was very cool. I didn't know what to expect out of that park. Um, <clears throat> it's a relatively new park. It's only been on, I don't even think it's been a national park for 20 years yet. But oh, um, wow. yeah, it's like 20 or 20, it's less than 25. I know that. Um but yeah, that place is cool. I wasn't sure what I was up for, but when I got out there, one, the road, the ring road is an absolute joy to ride. It's just a great road. Nice big sweepers, nothing too crazy. There's a couple little hairpins and stuff, but the speeds are low enough that you're not riding into them without knowing they're there. You know, because you're inside the park, so it's not high speed or anything, but right. just a fun, like, it's not straight. It's just a fun, engaging little road and still gives you a chance to sightsee and plenty of pullouts, which is great. That's one of the things you run into in a lot of the parks, is, especially in the older parks, is there's so much to see that they don't have, and they don't have a lot of pullout locations. You end up a lot of stop traffic in the road, kind of messes up the ride a little bit, you know. But I well, get it. We're the, we're there to sightsee. We're there to take in the views. We're not just there to crush the miles. So, at know. least that's one little benefit, you know. Depending on uh, how big sh the shoulders are, at least on a motorcycle, it can be a little easier to get off oh, yeah. the side and see stuff as opposed to being in the cage, you know, riding a car where you're not going to be that fortunate. Like I said, you're going to end up stopping on the road. You're going to affect traffic where at least, you know, on the bike, you know, we're fortunate that way for everybody that, you know, rides bikes. They we, totally get it. You know, we don't need as much room to get off and a little bit more fortunate where we can catch some of those views and, you know, snap that picture to, to have forever just to remember so to have that memory of driving by is it oh that looks really neat which we could stop yeah we're we're definitely very lucky that we've got the ability to pull off in some places that if you're in any if you're not on foot a bicycle or a motorcycle like you don't have the choice you got to keep rolling you know or just be a complete narcissist and park your motor home in the middle of the road so you can take pictures but not that that happens or anything oh no <laughs> never that never happens um but no, Colorado was awesome. Um, got rained on up in uh, going up Million Dollar Highway, left out of Array. Actually stopped in Array, could see the the cloud wall up kind of towards uh, the Silverton area. You could see it hanging out in the mountains. So stopped and strapped on the rain gear. And um, unfortunately, got about 20 miles up the road and uh, – there was a flatbed semi decided that taking 550, taking the million dollar highway from Oray was going to be a good idea in a big truck, even though there's multiple signs that advise against anything over a certain length taking that route. And yeah, so he, uh, you know, definitely 
an interesting sight watching him try to navigate some of those switchbacks where he's out on the opposite shoulder of a hairpin with his trailer. You know, he's, his right side tandems are on the right shoulder. He's out all the way across, got his left side steers out on the left shoulder on the opposite end of the apex, and he's just blocking the road and you can't see him. So he's laying on the horn the whole time he's trying to negotiate the corner. It's like, man, this is a recipe for disaster. Someone's going to get killed. Yeah. So, um, he found a spot where he was able to pull over and let traffic go by. So I was able to get by him eventually, but I don't, I just, I don't know what happened. I hope he made it through safe. I'm not entirely sure everything went kosher because uh, just after I left Silverton was heading down towards Durango, I had two, uh, two motorcycle cops running the other way with their rollers on. So something happened behind me. Hopefully it didn't involve the semi because that make for a bad day. So, well, you know, yeah, you know, it's like pictures I've seen at that highway. It's like for him, man, once he goes, he's he's committed. You can't exactly turn around. Oh, yeah, there's you're, yeah, you once you're in it, you're in it. You're going, you got to go through, you know, and maybe he was smart enough. He realized it got as tight as it did. And he stopped and called for the cops to go through and clear the road in front of him and get him out of there safe before he had an accident. Yeah. But I feel like if you were if you ignored the signs and you kept driving, you probably weren't smart enough to call the cops for that help either. <laughs> yeah, this is true. So, like I said, I just hope everybody made it through safe. You know, that's all I worry about. But yeah, I got up to Silverton and spent the you know a little bit of time there, and I was just watching this rain cloud between me and Durango. You could see it just hanging in the pass. I'm like, well, time to go get wet. And I lucked out, man. It's kind of the same thing that happened to me in Utah. Uh, well, except for Flaming Gorge. But for the most part of Utah, like I'd gear up, I'd see the rain. You could see it falling. You know, you see that wall of rain out there. And I could see it. So I'd gear up, you know, get the rain gear on, cover up the, the, ba- the bag on the back and everything, get ready to go into the wet. And I'd spend the next hour riding on wet roads and a little bit of wind, but I never actually got rained on. <laughs> hey, that ain't so. bad. Right, I'll take that, man. I'll I'll follow the rainstorm through. I'll ride the wet road and the uh, instead of just getting dumped on. Like I'll take the wet road. I'm cool with that. It was just kind of funny because that happened. There was probably four or five days of the trip where that happened. Um, coming out of North Rim of Grand Canyon, it was the same thing. I I could see like it was just like don't stop because who knows which way the storm's going. So let's get through it as fast as we can because it's. It's jet black. Like, this isn't a gray cloud. This is a black cloud. <laughs> Damn. So it's going to be wet, right? <laughs> but you're in the middle of nowhere, right? You're in the middle of Kaibab National Forest. And you're just like, well, you know, I got good rain gear. The new bike's got um, Harley's RDRS system, that def- rider defensive whatever system. So it's got traction control and it's got ABS and it's got a six axis IMU in it. So it calculates when you're on lean and everything to help with throttle response in the rain and all sorts of stuff. So doesn't mean you can ride like an idiot, but it, uh, definitely, you know, if you're riding smart and it, you underestimate your conditions a little bit, it'll help you clean yourself back up and hopefully keep the bike upright. Right. Um, the only downside of that system is it only works on the rear wheel. The front wheel is still the front wheel. So, you tend to lose the front end before you lose the rear with that system. <laughs> well, sometimes that's also how it tends to happen. You know, you might come in a little too heavy into a corner, you know, too heavy, too hot, however you want to word it. You wash that front wheel and well, 
you're kind of hosed. Yep. Yeah. So that's been the, been the interesting learning curve with, with bell with the new bike is, uh, I know the back end is going to clean up, but I still got to watch how I react with the front end and everything. So like I said, it's not, not, not a free pass to ride like a moron. It's just kind of there to help get you back in shape. So. Well, and you hope people, uh, you know, when you're in that, those conditions that, you know, you kind of got to, you got to ride with some common sense too, and not just think, Hey, oh, oh I got all this technology. I can, you know, fuck, exactly. let's, just, let's just hammer down. Those, uh, the, yeah, it's it's like those cats who have four wheel drive when it's snowing. They're like, I got four wheel drive. I can drive like normal. Like, four wheel drive gets you going, dude. It doesn't do anything to help you stop. Right. <laughs> you still have to drive different in the snow when you have four wheel drive. You know, you might it's, get farther than that other guy, but you know what? Yeah, they just you need extra just more time to stop. Yeah, they just need an extra ten feet of chain to pull you out of the ditch eventually. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but no, nah, man. So Colorado, Utah was awesome. Um, I did North Rim of Grand Canyon. Let me tell you, man, I've done South Rim, which is where most people go to. That's where like 85% of the traffic or something stupid like that goes to in the Grand Canyon is South Rim. That's the Arizona side. I mean, it's technically all Arizona, but to get to North Rim, you have to go through Utah. Um, North Rim, Grand Canyon, I'm a quarter mile from the lodge sitting on the rim of the grand canyon with my feet swinging in the canyon watching the sun come up and there's nobody there but a squirrel just me and a squirrel watching the sun come up in the grand canyon yeah that is awesome dude you can't put into words how that feels like it's just that is something i will carry with me the rest of my life that view that feeling just like this is where i'm this is where i'm supposed to be right now this is what i'm supposed to be doing and um it was really hard to convey that during the trip, right? Because I wasn't just on vacation. I wasn't just taking a road trip. Like, we rode these 22 national parks uh, to help with veteran suicide programs for Mission 22 and to highlight, like we talked about last time I was on, how my riding and being out in the parks and stuff helps me deal with with my stuff, you know, with, with my PTSD and, and, and my mental health. So while I was out there riding to enjoy it and riding to for those amazing views and stuff, I also had to try and convey what was going on, you know, for me internally as I was taking this trip. So that was challenging. And I don't know how well I did, but <laughs> I did my best. Well, you know, it's the, you're, uh, I think in a way put it, you're riding for dual purpose. You're riding to help those, you know, with your whole drive with mission 22, but you're riding for you also, you know, that one of the, you know, my favorite had little hashtags that throttle therapy because it can be huge. I mean, a guy can have, you know, I can speak for myself, have a, just a shit day. It doesn't mean that I, you know, I can come home and hop on the bike and do hell. I can just go do two, three miles up the road and come back home. It's like, you can flush that and you feel better. It doesn't just need to be two, three hours on a motorcycle or whatnot for the outing that you need just to, you know, flush your system out and kind of get you back to where you need to be. You know, for myself, I'm sure you feel the same way. Motorcycles is an amazing therapeutic machine also. Oh yeah. The it's, I, I, I completely agree, man. I have a three, I'm lucky, man. I have a three mile commute to work. So like, <laughs> it doesn't take me long to get to work at all. And I, there's days that, like you said, that two or three miles is enough. You know, you hop on the bike and you're like, all right, I'm good. 
that two or three miles will get me through the rest of the day. We'll be all right. Um, See, for me, it's not not even worth taking my motorcycle to work. I'm I'm 0.5 miles. It takes me more time to put my coat on, get my boots on, get all my shit, roll the bike out. It's like, dude, I could already been in my truck and been at work. Yeah. See, so you're even closer than me. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, but yeah, and sometimes, uh, sometimes whatever's going on in there takes more miles. And that's the cool part about the bike is you can just kind of crack the throttle, like you said, and get that therapy. And eventually you hit that spot, you get in that pocket and you know, you're good. You know, you're like, all right, we're all right. We're going to be good for a while. And I think the reason that that riding helps so many of us and not just guys like me that have been, you know, there's a lot of vets who ride. A lot of us have been to Iraq and Afghanistan and, you know, deal with deal with our demons. I'm not unique or special in that category at all, especially in the riding community. I think the reason it works for us and even even everyday riders because of the rat race we call life these days. I think the reason riding helps is you have to be present. You have to be now. You can't be worried about what happened yesterday or six months or six years ago. You can't be worrying about that, you know, honey-do list that's at home that you got to do this weekend or you got to try and do next week or that project that's due at work. If you're not here now on the bike, you can have a very, very bad day. So it forces you to be present. And that's where that calm and that mental health comes from. Because a lot, you know, depression is worried about things that already happened. Anxiety is worried about the things that are coming up. And when you're present, you're not in the past or the future. So you don't have any of that stuff going on, at least for those few minutes you're behind the bars. You know, the old thing, uh, live in the moment. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's something we all chase consciously or unconsciously we all chase it in some regard of being in the moment being now you know and so i gotta remember it like unplug put your phone down don't do it for the gram and you find out like yeah you get that dopamine dump when you hit that like button or somebody hits that like button on your stuff but if you just put the phone down and like i say enjoy your insignificance and i did a lot i tried to do a lot of that this trip you know i sat i was i went to glacier right glacier national park and anybody who's been riding this summer that was road tripping pretty much knows glacier is one of three national parks that had a reservation uh process to ride going to the sun road this year um for those who don't if you're listening glacier yosemite and i want to say um what's the one out in maine anyways um you had to have an additional day use ticket uh, in uh, on top of your national park pass. And that was a reservation system that opened up 30 days prior to the day you wanted to be there. And they typically sold out within hours. For Glacier, that pass was required if you were in the park between 6.30 a.m. and 5 p.m., regardless of day of the week. So I camped out in West Glacier and was up at like 4.30 in the morning pack in the tent so that I could be through the gate before the pass was required. I sat on Lake McDonald and watched the sun crack over the Rocky mountains and start to light Lake McDonald before I headed up the road. And it didn't seem real. It seemed like a movie set. The lake was as smooth as glass. You know, the it's just you another one of those moments you just can't put into words. I snapped two or three pictures because, like I said, I was trying to share some of that experience with the trip for obvious reasons. And then I put everything down and I just sat on a rock and 
enjoyed my insignificance, just watched the world wake up. And it's such a cool feeling to see the world wake up, man. You hear the birds start to wake up that weren't there. The, the crickets stop, and then there's calm and quiet, and then the birds start to chirp as the sun's cracking over the Rocky Mountain Range and starting to light up your day. So it's it's a borderline spiritual moment if you're able to shut your brain off long enough to enjoy it. So, oh, I bet that had to have been one just absolutely amazing view. Oh, yeah. So you know, like what you're talking about, <clears throat> you know, putting the phone down and just, you know, being you. I had a great one come up the other day. The very first podcast, which I had Leo McElrath, also known as LM4 Photo. Unfortunately, he passed away about 10 days Dude. ago. Unfortunately, yeah. The world's he, a little dimmer for Oh, man, you're not kidding. He'd made a statement during the podcast, and even when my wife had listened to it, she goes, that is absolutely amazing. And I I took it out and, you know, made a little quote piece, and it popped up in, you know, the memories of my, my Facebook page. But what he said was being able to put your phone in your pocket and just be in your helmet is something that really holds value these days, and it's so true. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The – uh let it all fall away for a little bit, you know? So, yeah, <clears throat> but I, I don't, for people who ride, I don't think we're saying anything profound. I think that's why we continue to ride. We, you know, like his quote, being able to vote, being able to, to vocalize what it is, maybe where that gift is for, for him. But I think consciously or unconsciously, we all ride. We all get that. But it's a it's a great quote. It is a really great quote. It's very accurate. You know, we we need it. And we I think that's the reason some of us are feeling the urge to ride more and more lately because there's just a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, a lot going on in society. This is true. We'll, we'll uh, and and we can we can leave that at that. It's, there's just a lot going on. <laughs> Amen. Absolutely. But uh, left Colorado down through Utah. Um, the stopped in at Zion Harley. Uh, that was I almost forgot that part of the trip. Talking about like things just sorting themselves out, kind of like the rim cracking earlier before the road trip started. I'm out in Colorado, and Zion National Park gets like a record rainstorm. Um, they got an inch and a half of rain in eight hours in um, in Zion National Park. They had mudslides. The visitor center, campground, parking lots are absolutely just covered in mud. Uh, Mount Carmel Highway is closed. There were people like sheltering in place up on Angel's Landing weathering this storm. And I'm like, cool, I was supposed to be in Zion in like five or six days, right? But now it's filled into the mudslide so i don't know if i'm gonna be able to go to the park <laughs> which is really a bummer because zion is such you can't put zion in words you just can't you just have to go and experience zion even if you don't get off the mount carmel highway if you just ride through the park you have to go to zion to to get it like you see everybody sees the pictures everybody hears about how amazing it is but you can't quantify it no, you can see pictures, but pictures are never going to be what it is to see it with your own eyes. Exactly. Like it's, you just can't quantify it. It's nuts. Um, so that was now hanging in the back of my mind 
like, cool, I may have to cut a couple days off my trip and go around the park and not actually only do 21 instead of 22. But I think everybody who's following the trip would understand, like, I don't have control over what equates to a natural disaster. Yeah. <laughs> Mother Nature can um, throw her own curveballs in there. Mother, Mother Nature always reminds us she's in charge, that's for sure. Um, so I get down to Moab, right? I'm down at, uh, down at arches and that was an experience in itself was trying to get into arches. But anyways, um, I meet this mother and daughter out by the sign, right? I'm taking pictures out at the arches national park sign. And, um, we're talking about the weather and Zion comes up there. Like we were in Zion when that happened. I was like, wait, you were in the park for the mudslides and everything. They were coming out of the, the that really famous hike, the Narrows, where everybody's hiking in the river. Mm-hmm. They were on the Narrows hike. They were coming out of the Narrows Canyon when the rain started. And she said the crazy part was going in, the, there were signs all over the place that they were expecting rain and flash floods, but they didn't close the Narrows. They let everybody keep hiking. She said Ooh. that was really surprising. Um, but they were coming out of the Narrows as the rain started. And she said by the time they got to the shuttle stop, it had turned into this like disaster movie moment in their life where human chains of people are holding hands to get through rushing water and people are like probing the mud to see if it's too deep to step in. And they're trying to hop from like piece of busted blacktop to piece of busted blacktop to get to a point where they can get on the shuttles and get evacuated to the upper Canyon. And, yeah, it's, it, to hear them tell that story is crazy. And then we're walking back towards the parking lot where we're both parked, and they're they're in a little Honda CRV, and they have mud like six inches up the doors of their of their little SUV, and like the wheel wells are still packed in mud. And they're like, "Oh yeah, that's from when we like that's from when we were in the parking lot in Zion. That all packed into the wheel wells and everything when the mudslide went through." And I was like, "Well, these people." I was like, at least you guys are safe. And they're like, yeah, they're like, it was, there was some scary moments, she said. But at the same time, it was really amazing to see humans be humans, to see each other come, see everybody come together and be like, we're all going to get through this. I don't even know your name, but we're going to get through this. She said, that was such an amazing part of it that I'll carry with me about humanity for the rest of my life. And I was like, well, you definitely got a memorable trip to a national park. Just let's never repeat it, right? <laughs> yeah, very so, true. Um, so, yeah, just like a trip to the national parks and like inspired, you know, their trust in the human, in humanity again. Like it, it, it gave them faith in humanity again for everything that's going on in the world. They were like, humans are still down at their core really good and we do the right thing and help each other out, which was really cool to hear. Um, so we're cruising down the road and it turns out like, I'm like 48 hours out from, I'm supposed to be in Zion and they're like, the road's open. Uh, national park service is working around the clock. They plowed everything out and, uh, the park was open. I was able to go through, um, they were still, some of the outer parking lots of the visitor center were still being cleaned up with end loaders and stuff. And one of the lanes into the park on the South gate was still, or West gate or whatever they, I think it's the West gate even though it's the south side of the park. But anyways, um, <laughs> was still blocked off and filled with mud, and they were working on that. But it was you could ride through and see the de- where the devastation was. It was pretty wild. So just one more time that thought, like, all right, the trip is changing, and it just worked out again. 
So it was very cool. And then uh, got down to Zion, stopped in at Zion Harley-Davidson because I was just hitting the shops on the way through and uh, found out Zion Harley-Davidson has a Vietnam Veterans Memorial in their parking lot. Like 50 feet from their front door, they have a monument. Which is oh, that's cool. awesome. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, like right by their bike parking, they've got a big granite memorial, which was really cool. Um, so I was in chatting with them and um, kind of felt bad because I was in chatting to them. I had an appointment down at Red Rocks Harley a couple hours down the road in Vegas. Um, got the bike in for her 10K service, but um, I'd have done it there at Zion had I known. I didn't think I would be there when they opened. Actually, I got there just before they opened. So I was part of the problem with getting a service appointment with them was they were not there to answer the ra- answer the phone yet. <laughs> yeah, you got to go, you know, what you can get get in. Exactly. So Zion was a very cool team. Um, really cool to see their commitment to the to the vet community out there. And then uh, crew at Red Rocks, super friendly, um, great service. That was a that were a great dealership. Um, but I mean, let's be fair. I've, there are very few Harley shops I've been in where I haven't had a good experience. So, um, but Red Rocks knew I was out on the road. They knew I was I was road tripping, and instead of being like, "Oh, well, your appointment was at like noon, so you'll get your bike back in the morning," like that may be the fastest turnaround I've ever had in a service department. I think I was in and out in like three and a half hours, maybe four hours. Hey, that's not bad for you know a ten thousand mile service is more than just fluids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it was a, uh, it was good, but um, so they were cool, and then we cruised down to uh, Twenty Nine Palms and um, um, Joshua Tree. It was one hundred and seventeen degrees in Joshua Tree. Oh, is that now was Joshua Tree? I remember you were down to one of those parks, and you sent me a picture from the gas pump, and the prices were just absolutely fucking insane. Oh yeah, that was uh, that would have been Pinnacles, California. Um, I think it was Pinnacles. Anyways, yeah, it was just after uh, it was Southern California. Just after I crossed over from Vegas, gas was uh, I want to say six forty nine a gallon, if I remember the picture correctly. <laughs> and that was in July. That was you know just after Fourth of July, gas was like six and a half bucks a gallon down there. And I don't think I paid under five dollars a gallon the whole time I was in Cali. So gas prices were a little bonkers over there, which was even more of a kick because when I filled up in Vegas that morning before I left, I left Vegas like four in the morning. So, and it was still like 85 degrees out. Um, I filled up, it was like three eighty nine or three ninety nine a gallon for premium in Vegas. And two hours later it was six and a half bucks. <laughs> yeah. I just found the picture six forty nine a gallon. That's crazy. You know, it still blows my mind. Yeah. Six and a half bucks a gallon. But, um, so Joshua Tree was cool. Um, I'd always heard about Joshua Tree. Um, everybody raves about it. And when I came in, I went in on the 29 Palm side and then came out through Joshua Tree Village because you can kind of make a loop through the park. And I knew I was racing the heat, so I was in pretty early. Um, I didn't get to do a lot of the hikes and stuff just because I knew I was racing the temperatures because I, Mo- I was in the Mojave in the second week of July just like I did five years ago when I was in death Valley, the second week of July, um, you think I'd plan better and not be in the Mojave desert in the middle of July, but whatever, I guess I'm a glutton for punishment. Oh, you know, it's just like uh, sitting in an oven. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I always, I guess I kind of remind myself like when I'm down in those heats or even when I, we were in that, 
record heat up here back in June, you know, we're hitting 105, 109, whatever it was. And I'm out in central Washington on my way through and, you know, cool. It's 110, 112, 115 degrees out, but I'm not wearing a plate carrier. I'm not wearing carrying a rifle. I'm not playing hide and go shoot with dudes who don't want me around because I don't believe what they believe. And I'm on my motorcycle and I can stop when I want and cool off when I want. And it could be way worse than, than it is. Cause uh, I've been there and done that part. And I know there's still dudes. I've got friends right now that are in that part of the world still doing stuff. And, you know, I just got to give myself a little perspective check when it starts to get hot and it sucks a little bit, you know, and then it's not so bad. It's like not saying I'm down there grinning like an idiot, but it makes yeah. it bearable. Yeah. So, but yeah. So as I cruised through Joshua tree, by the time I got to giant, to giant rocks, like I started to get it. And by the time I left that park, like I understand the appeal of Joshua tree and I get why so many people rave about it. And, um, if I'm smart, I'll probably plan like an early spring, uh, like a, like a, like a June trip down to Joshua tree and actually explore it some more when it's not a billion degrees out. So definitely a return trip park, a lot to explore down there. Yeah. Just, just better planning for a, a better season to weather it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I kind of knew, you know, <clears throat> with the timeline I had, I wasn't going to get to explore as much as I wanted anyways. And I wasn't necessarily at the right park at the right time of year. So that was, that was what it was. You know, I kind of knew that going in. Um, yeah, didn't get and, to no, go ahead. And you were kind of, you know, you got the time of year you're, you're planning. I mean, you're not just, you know, say you're, you know, it's July, you're down there, but you know, you got to take in basically the Western United States, try to get, you know, that time of year to get the the best weather for a very large area so i mean you know of course you yeah. know, and some are gonna suck some aren't but that's just the nature of the beast exactly i mean when you're when you're hitting 11 states now don't get me wrong i'm not doing anything crazy like wyatt doing his his hundred and a hundred right now or even oh, Wit, hopper or hopper i mean or, or uh or wit doing her 48 and 10 and like I'm not crushing crazy miles by any means. I'm not in that arena at all. <laughs> but yeah, when you're uh, when you're one one of your stops is essentially the Canadian border, and within two weeks you're on, you know, the Mexico border in Southern California. Yeah, it's and work and life just kind of dictate a little bit of when you're able to take the trip. Yeah, you're gonna deal with some some extreme weather. The thing I do like about the time of year I got to go, um, the northern part, the northern part of the trip was fully open from snow, and yeah, it was hot down in like Joshua Tree and like that corner of the country. But I got through after the snow left the northern areas, and I got back in before all the wildfires broke out. Um. The there was one fire was just kind of starting to rage in southern Oregon when I went through that caused some smoke at Crater Lake. But other than that, nothing was on fire yet. So yeah, I missed yeah. the fire. Yeah, so I missed the snow go from going early and I missed that fire season that would really kind of detour part of the trip if I had gone a month later, you know. Um and it but at the same time it's kind of sad because so I left Joshua Tree. Uh, we didn't do Yosemite. Getting into that park just wasn't a reality this year 
just too much traffic. The their day use pass system was a little different than glaciers. So it just they weren't Yosemite wasn't an option this time. So we didn't do Yosemite. So we traded Channel Islands. The cool part about going to Channel Islands this year, though, was that put me in Robin the Lady Biker's backyard. So I got to meet Robin the Lady Biker while I was down there. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, yeah, Robin Chad. She's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's badass, man. Got to share some miles with her. Uh, there's did an episode for her YouTube. We sat down and chatted. And uh, not gonna lie, man, I never thought that I'd be sitting on a picnic table on the beach right under right in UC right in UC Santa Barbara's backyard. Like the dorms are just off camera on the Pacific Ocean, talking about what I'm doing with my riding and you know being able to talk to and not realizing that Robin has a connection to the military, you know. And that was, but what that's one of the cool parts of the trip is you, you find out just how connected everything really is. You know, you run into a couple in Colorado who's grew up out in Virginia and his dad's a retired Marine who used to guard the shipyards out there. And, you know, and then you run into another couple out in Utah and their son is currently out, you know, sailing around somewhere with the Navy and, it's just really cool. That's what I like about being out on the road and picking up picking up dust and talking to people, you know. Yeah. Building, you know, friendships, memories and just yeah. Average conversation that you just wouldn't think you'd have with somebody because you have a, a common interest. Yeah, you have a shared you have a shared life experience of some sort. And you know, in that in a bunch of cases it happened to be a connection to the military. You know, and then there were the shared connections. We were in the national parks when we were traveling. Um, when I got to Capitol Reef, I ran into a couple that was overlanding, and they'll have to forgive me. I, their the name of their page escapes me. I can see their logo on the side of their Jeep right now, but um, wouldn't think that I would run into a school teacher and a nurse from Seattle that are spending three months overlanding their Jeep through the Western United States. <laughs> even from the same geographical area now that's yeah that's pretty cool yeah they find out i'm right down the road here in olympia and you know start talking about the trip and find out that we were actually in we were in the vicinity of each other in like four different parks during the trip <laughs> we just didn't cool. re- we, we just didn't actually cross paths in a parking lot until we got to capitol reef in utah well, um, yeah, then you, you got to look at the grand size of some of these parks. I mean, you can be in the same one, but yeah. man, some of these things, they're massive. Just because you're there Absolutely. doesn't mean you might see them. Exactly. And then add in the fact that they're overlanding, so they're taking a lot of the, the Jeep trails and the you know the little goat paths and stuff you know, on the back roads that I'm not going to take on my Harley. Yeah, I mean, the- I could take them on a different Harley if I had one, but I don't, so blacktop it is. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're taking the path less traveled. For real. For real, real. And then, uh, so yeah, we uh, left left Robin and uh, headed back inland, did Sequoia Kings Canyon. Had another one of those cool moments in Sequoia, uh, Kings Canyon area. I was at the General, uh, the Grant Grove. Not the, the General Sherman is the biggest and the Grant is like the second biggest. Um, I was at the General Grant Grove. Um, there's a couple pictures on my Instagram of it. My bike is the only vehicle in the parking lot at the Grant Grove. I was there early enough. Um, so I got to, ha- again, got to hang out in a giant Sequoia Grove by myself, just me and the squirrels. 
and just kind of enjoy the morning. You know, a nice, cool, like 70 degree morning out in the Sequoia National Forest and just kind of be there for a little bit. And one, one other one of those moments that just kind of worked out as I was getting back to the parking lot, like the first couple cars that pulled back into the parking lot were pulling into the parking lot as I was finishing my uh, my little loop through the grove. So a lot of lot of very what, lucky, blessed, however, whatever word you want to use for it. But a lot of cool moments that stitched together made an amazing trip. And then uh, where was it? Um, Redwoods. Got out to Redwoods, right? It's, uh, well, take that back. No, it was Lassen Volcanics where it started. Um, was up at Lassen Volcanic and didn't know it at Lassen Volcanic. Caught onto it at Redwoods. But rode Lassen Volcanic, crossed over the Trinity Highway out to Redwoods, and it was 50 and raining in the Redwoods. So I didn't get to see the actual height of those trees again. I'm like 0 for 3 down there or something like that. <laughs> I've never been down there when I can actually see the trees. <laughs> but um, I'm at the visitor center and this car looks familiar. Like I was like, I think I saw them, that family over in Lassen. But I don't think too much of it. It's like, you know, it's Northern, Calif- Northern California. Maybe they're making the loop and they're going to head back down. Hop on the bike, keep cruising, and I get to Crater Lake. And I'm at the visitor center at Crater Lake. And they came up to me in the uh in the gift shop and they're like we're they're like we think we're following you they're like you're on the motorcycle with the two is to survive sticker right i was like yeah that's me they're like we saw you in lassen volcanic i was like i saw you guys in redwood they're like this is so cool where you got where are you heading next and we end up chatting and we find out we were on the same road trip from lassen to redwood to crater lake and up to mount and then they were going to mount rainier but i was heading to uh olympic but we took the same route back up into Washington. <laughs> that's freaking cool. Right? What are the odds you're going to run into a family that's on a similar road trip to you? Yeah. So, and but, uh, the same parts and go in the same areas. And even as you're basically time. on the last leg, you know, you're heading home. They're coming this area. Right. And, and the fact that we managed to hit like the three visitor centers at the same time across you know, how many hundreds of miles without yeah. knowing them. So, so it was cool. Got to stand and kind of chat with them about what I was doing out there and asked how they were enjoying the parks and everything. And, you know, and that was, that was really what I was out there for. I was out there for the ride. I was out there for the parks and raising the money and stuff, but it was, you know, being able to talk to people about what's going on and what the veteran community is facing and what is of what we're trying to do to help. The, with the veteran suicide crisis and the mental health issues in the veteran community and just being able to talk to people about that and what they're doing and share my my experiences of all of it so uh, by every every measure like the trip was this huge success man it was absolutely amazing um like i said caught a little bit of wildfire smoke coming through crater lake and then uh the um but Nothing really bad had broke out yet, so I got home before that. And unfortunately, since uh, shortly after I got back is when the uh, the KMP fire started, and that kind of burned down Kings Canyon and part of like the Sequoia, like the Sequoia Grove is under threat. But um, those trees are big; they need fire for their their uh, their pine cones to open up anyway. So it's 
kind of the cycle in nature for at least the giant sequoias, but it's still a lot of beautiful countryside burned up for sure. And I was lucky enough to see it right before it burned up. Yeah. You know, and it's really cool to hear, you know, to do this podcast and get the story, you know, of how much you enjoyed it, you know, the memories, because I remember talking beforehand where, you know, you had stuff going on and you were second guessing whether you should even do it. And to hear you say the success it had, you know, the memories and how much you enjoyed it is awesome because, you know, knowing that, you know, since your episode, we became pretty good friends. And, you know, we, we yeah. talk, you know, frequently. So, you know, I get more of the, I guess you could say the, you know, the personal side, you'll call, you know, maybe to vent or vice versa. I might call you just, you know, hey, this, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. to hear you say, you know, how much you enjoyed it and, and how great it was is really cool for me because I, you know, I understand the flip side because of the friendship and, you know, you got stuff going on. We're second guessing whether it was worth it and, you know, to, to pull yeah. it off with everything that happened. So that's it's awesome. For sure. And just a real quick version of, of what Denver's kind of talking to you there for people listening in. Like there were some conversations that I had off there with Denver about, there was some pushback on, because of the the things going on in the world and you know we won't throw those names out there because i don't know how censoring and deplatforming works in podcasts but um with the virus and everything going on in the world and all of that there was a lot of are you sure you should be traveling you should probably cancel the trip parks are going to be a record volumes you're not going to be able to get in maybe you should cancel the trip um had some leadership changes at work that weren't so sure they wanted to let me leave work for a month um credit to them and a huge thank you to them again for work for giving me i you know they gave me a month off of work man like <laughs> i had a job to come back to after that and they were cool enough to let me go so i knew kind of deep down inside it was the right path i needed to walk it i needed to go and i just kind of needed to tune out the the noise and the negative energy um in the end it worked out man it worked out to be a very memorable trip um i'm a very different person than I was when I did it five years ago and it showed my the way I experienced the trip on the road um that I didn't even have a chance I haven't even had a chance to get into and still haven't quite figured out how to even put into words for myself but just the overall experience was very different for me during the trip and you know even rewriting roads that I had been on saw very different things or saw the same things very differently um I think that's something that people kind of forget about revisiting the same place. Sometimes you're like, Oh, I don't need to go back to Mount Rainier. I've been there. Yeah. But you're probably not the same person you were the last time you were there. So take the trip again. You might see the same thing completely differently because you're a different person. That's so, a very good point. You know, you know you, you're, you're going to take that ride. You might be in a, a different frame of mind. It's going to set differently granted maybe you've done it three four or five times maybe for you even more that you know as rainier in a way you could say is your backyard yeah but yeah as time goes it's it's gonna be different every time yeah exactly i've, I've got a i've got a friend that rides around here that's been riding since the late 60s early 70s and he's like i rode snoqualmie pass for 25 years before i ever saw it like, how many times do you think you crossed Snoqualmie Pass in 25 years? <laughs> Man, <laughs> if you're leaving Seattle for a road trip, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
I know and I've crossed was, it a many, many times since I've been driving on the road. Oh, Jesus. It's 40, 24, 27, 28 years now. Yeah. So for people who don't live in the Northwest, Snoqualmie Pass is where I-90 leaves Seattle and heads over the Cascade Mountains as you head east. It's the main east-west pass out of the out of the metro. So if you're going east out of Seattle, you're going to cross Snoqualmie eventually. Um, and if you're taking 90, not, I mean, you can go Seattle. That is going to take you all the way to Boston. Exactly. And it's not uncommon for us local riders here to cross the Snoqualmie Pass 6-8 on the bike because of just the geography and the where the roads are. So to say a rider's been crossing it for 25 years before he ever saw it tells you, like, one, he was usually getting after it at extra legal speeds and, you know, closer to double the limit than the limit, and that's part of why he didn't see it, or he's crossing it in the middle of the night a lot, or he's just crushing those miles. And it was 25 years of crossing it before he finally slowed down one day and just set his cruise control and just looked around and was like, holy crap, this is what I've been missing all these years. So, yeah. So yeah, just cause you've ridden it once, don't cross it off the list, man. Just if it was a good ride, it's a good ride and it'll continue to be a good ride for different reasons. So. Oh, absolutely. And it's like you said, you know, up here, I mean, 90 is kind of a, a main artery East West, but you know, get up over 90 and then all of a sudden, you know, go left, right, hit Ellensburg, take Bluest or yeah. uh, Bluet Pass, hang a right, take Canyon Road, come back 12. I mean, we do have so many options. There's like, you know, one of the famous rides up here in the Northwest, you got the Cascade Loop, but you yeah. can do so many variations because you can go, we got North Cascades, we got Stevens Pass, you got Bluet Pass, you got Snoqualmie Pass, you got White's Pass, uh, Chinook Pass. I mean, there's so many. Sherman Pass, the Gorge. I mean, we can oh, keep yeah. going. We're we're absolutely spoiled with what we have in our backyard. <laughs> and totally, and it, it all comes down as you know, how much do you want to ride? How long of a day do you want? Because the options are literally endless. When you know, there's so many variations. You know, where do you want to come back over the pass? What do you want to see? Because you want to go north to south, south to north, cut half the Cascades. It's, we are very fortunate. I mean it. There's yeah. some beautiful area up there. You know, you get up by uh, Wenatchee and Idiot, you know, go up 97 to Chelan. You could head yeah. up and, you know, come back over North Cascades. You got Diablo and Ross up there that are just. And then um, you got the thing at the mountain highway through Darrington. Like, yeah. The Oso Loop, bad. you can come back down. It's just loop after loop after loop out here. And that's all really kind of jumps off from like. I really hate to say it, but a lot of them jump off from the Seattle area because the Seattle area has gotten so busy that getting through it's a bit of a heartburn if you go at the wrong time. But And actually, if anybody's coming up to the Northwest and you want to do some great scenery, one map that I recommend, I actually have the paper version, and it's that waterproof paper is Mad Maps. Mad Maps. Yep. You can get the Washington <laughs> and Oregon Washington's on yeah. one side, Oregon's on the other. It folds out like say three feet by three feet, yep. but it has God. I think it's twenty scenic loops, and yeah. I mean they even put down you know places you could stop where the gas station, a little saloon, an old historic bar, restaurants. I mean everything is laid out, complete directions, and dude, whoever the guys that came up with Mad Maps that program, I will say, man, they did their homework because I've done a few of them, and yeah, they've got some outstanding resources that they're putting yeah. together for those mad maps. Those, those are very good. I've actually got one of their, uh, they've got that ride of a lifetime series. They do. I think mm -hmm. that's what it's called. 
um, great roads and it's uh, the 101. So it, Mad Maps put together the entirety of the 101 from all the way up by UNPA all the way down to its terminus in Southern California. And it breaks it out into like a seven or eight day trip one way. And like you said, it's got stop at this bar. Here's this viewpoint. Try this restaurant. Yeah. And that's, like, you know, 101 through Oregon can be a little slow because, I mean, there is so much tourist activity, especially summertime, you know, all the little towns and well, I like can I'm, see where especially Oregon could take you some time getting through Oregon on 101. Well, I'm looking at, I'm looking at my, I've got a Northwest map. So Halweg makes a pack Northwest map. It's got Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Western Montana, Wyoming, and then the top of Utah, Nevada, California, all on one big map. I've got that. I have that hanging on my wall for kind of loose ride planning. And then like you look at the Oregon coast and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. You know, there's 12 state parks in like a, inch and a half a map yeah <laughs> on the oregon coast and it's like that the whole way up the coast i mean there's probably 50 or 60 state parks running down 101 in oregon so at least you know oh yeah at least and that's not counting national lake shores and then the towns and so yeah if you definitely don't want to be in a hurry if you're going down the oregon coast no right? because it, it, you're going to spend some time i mean it is a great ride don't get me wrong i'm not trying to say don't do it anybody but uh just saying if that's something you think you want to do, give yourself some time because with traffic, speed limits, these little towns, these parks, uh, you're not going to cover a lot of ground fast, but there is some amazing scenery. I mean, I've done yeah. halfway down the Oregon coast. I haven't done the southern half. I've done the northern yeah. half. It is I've, only made it, I've only been as far as Tillamook, so i got a lot to do. <laughs> I've been about 60 miles south of that. That's as far as I've been. Yeah, so... That's one of those you just plan that specific trip and take four or five days and do it. But uh, yeah, I got to get another K in the day, man. I know, I do too. I've I uh, I got sh- I've been shut out three times this year. I'm uh, I'm a little frustrated. <laughs> I've just been too busy. Um, I've made three attempts and just Mother Nature decided it wasn't gonna be my day twice, and then the third time. That was when I cracked my rim, man. I was 856 miles into the day when I cracked my rim. I was a little oh, frustrated. damn. <laughs> um, the other ones, I uh, you know, did some early ones, tried to go out early and do like the Equinox ride and stuff. And the weather out here on the west side of the mountains just didn't cooperate. Um, there's a, another rider out of Yakima. Uh, he goes, his social media, he's a watch out for us. His name's Frank Orlando. Oh yeah, uh, we've we've been in some areas numerous times. Like he'd comment on yeah. posts, like, "Dude, I was just through there." We'd have you know similar pictures of things, and you know That's he's one guy of the guys you, that I've talked you should to. Hit him up, dude. That is a hell of an idea. I actually need to. He's uh he got his new bike in February. He just bought a new Road King from uh, East Side, and he's already at twenty k since February. Dang. So he's been yeah he's been putting it down. Um, but my Equinox ride, I tried to go out and do the Equinox ride for the iron butt and get started on the Equinox challenge. And, um, I got from, I left my place here near Olympia and I got as far as, uh, Toledo Mount St. Helens area. So if you're not familiar with the region, I'm only about, that's only about 
45, maybe 50 miles down the road. The first two layers of my gear were soaked through and my gloves were soaked through, even though the heated gloves were on high, they were soaked through from the rain. <laughs> that's, that's how just, wet that day. That's how that's wet that brutal. day was. Yeah. Um, so I pulled the plug on my Equinox ride because I was like, if I'm only 50 miles in and I'm soaked through like this, this is going to be a brutal 24 hours and we're going to be down against the frost line that night. So Mother Nature was just like, you ain't having it. Um, I had another day I got down as far as Vista house down in the Columbia Gorge. And even with the 114 that I've gotten the new bike, like she was struggling to do 70 miles an hour into that headwind in the gorge. And I couldn't tell my heated gear was on high. <laughs> the wind was so bad. And I was like, I got to run this all the way across Oregon. Mm, I don't think this is going to work today. So she kind of blew me back out of the gorge the second time. And then the third time was that, uh, was when I cracked my rim. That day was going good, man. That was my tour honor iron butt that I was running. So we were on a good pace. We had all the monuments. I was actually on my way in for my fifth monument when I cracked my rim. So, Damn. Yeah. Oh, but that, that headwinds through the gorge down there, man. Those are no joke. I hit one of those coming back last summer from Idaho. I could, I mean, I'm wide open doing 60. And if I let off the gas, it was like I was slamming on my brakes being serious. It was. Yeah. Man, it yeah. was insane. Yeah, like you, if if you if anybody's ridden the gorge on a windy day, like they get what I'm saying. There's days that the gorge is like you're not riding through the gorge today. <laughs> yeah, she's we're closed for business. Um, oh, I've come up out of the gorge heading up towards Toppenish and Yakima, literally riding. I'm going straight, but I got the bike laid over at a 45 degree angle because of wind, and I'm going straight. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're talking 97 insane. there. Up yeah. and over, th yeah, through Goldendale. Yep. Yeah, it gets pretty gnarly up there. Oh, it, uh, man. The land of perpetual wind, as I call it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever been in Yakima when it's not windy. <laughs> or Ellensburg. Yeah, that whole area. There's a reason there's a bunch of wind farms out there. Yeah, why it's known as a wind tunnel. Yeah. But uh, we'll get there, man. And uh, we'll, we'll get the Maybe you and I, we'll get off air here. You and I will figure out when we can do a 1k we'll knock out a k in a day together oh absolutely we you know even uh be fun come springtime man and get a little overnight camp trip somewhere take a cruise up into the cascades and pitch a tent oh, have sure. a good time for sure i'm uh i already got uh my birthday next year i'm going back out to durango um colorado area doing the million dollar highway and all that again Dang. so my my buddy i grew up with that lives back in wisconsin we're gonna meet up there in colorado spend a few days riding and then I'll boogie back this way, but uh, should be a should be a good like week and a half, two weeks. So be a good trip next. So but yeah, the uh, I got a fifteen hundred. I got a bun burner route in mind, man. I'll get. I'll let you know offline. We'll talk about it. We can do a fifteen hundred and thirty six out of here. <laughs> that would be bad. That'd be fun. Yeah, the route's not too bad either. Yeah, but, you, I mean, got to give the shout out. Chris Hopper is on day 81 at over 81,000 miles on his 100,000. Right? You know, yeah, riding, I think. some of you guys, you know, follow Chris Hopper's riding for Mile Monsters Incorporated, which is a, a 501c3 charitable organization raising money for Duchenne's muscular dystrophy, trying to help find a cure because right now this disease is fatal and it kills young boys. And he decided, I guess this ride has been in the plans for quite some time. He bought a brand new Harley, you know, a new road glide. I think you could say Chris is, what, a 
professional endurance rider. You know, he's a Hokahe veteran, and him and Riot they got together because uh, Riot started the Mile Monsters, and Chris is riding under his flag, and he's actually picked up more riders that are riding for his charity. So, you know, a big shout out to Chris because 81 days in of 100 days at a thousand miles a day is it's a monster it's an like not to not to be cliche with their mile monster name yeah. but that is that's a herculean effort man like you are on another level i thought k so like and this is not to undercut k solo at all k solo did a hundred thousand miles last year yeah in a in a year he did a hundred thousand which is an insane number yeah and then very hopper, true and then hopper's like i'm gonna do a hundred thousand in a hundred days you're like all right what's next <laughs> yeah well the thing is, is he's gonna be i think he said like 18 18 000 miles shy of two hundred thousand miles for the year that's he's like crazy. i don't i don't know if i could let that go away and so he doesn't have the the most support at home for one to get that last thing he goes but when am i ever going to be this close to 200k in a year and like damn yeah give it and yeah, knowing knowing the kind of riders those guys are, and they're they're aspirational riders, man. They inspire guys. They inspire a lot of us to ride harder and ride farther. Well, you know, like, like, we like you said, uh, K Solo, you know his famous "Inspire to Aspire." Exactly, and they're they're absolutely doing that. And if knowing just kind of knowing, not even knowing Hopper as a person, but just knowing that type of person he's going to make every reasonable effort to close that 18,000 mile gap and get that 200 K. He's going to find out how close he can get. <laughs> and I wish I could remember the other guy's name. He actually held the iron butt record. Cause I mean, Chris been keeping all of his, all of his receipts and documentation. The yeah. past record was 45,000 miles in 45 days. Well, when oh, Chris he hit, that of- well, yeah, but what was cool on day 45, when he was tied with that record, that gentleman, they, met up somewhere in the Midwest and actually rode that day together as Chris broke his record. You know, they spent the day riding the road together. And that's, what's so cool about one, the riding community and two, that long distance community, those, that, those guys truly are a brotherhood. Like they know they're a very small circle. They all know each other and they all cheer each other on. They don't get salty that somebody, Oh, you broke my iron butt record. They're like, heck yeah, man. Good job. Let's go crush it together. (laughs) Well, yeah, and it's like with uh, with Chris. I mean, he's got he's had a spot wall on all the time. It's not like he doesn't so much, you know. Hey, meet me in this town. A lot of these people, hey, you know, Hopper's gonna be through here, dude. Let's hit the highway. So they're following his tracker. So okay, he should be here. Yeah. You know, five they're, ten they're, minutes. Let's wait. And people find him on the road. They're sitting on an on ramp waiting to see him go by, and then they come up behind him and share the miles with him. Oh yeah, share the miles. You know, buy him a tank of fuel. Buy a you know dinner. Some people, yeah. you know, put them up for the night, and man, it's yep. been it's been a lot of fun watching that adventure of his. Yeah, it's, you know, it's riding for that greater good. good. Yeah, it's definitely a like you said, K Solo hit on a head that inspire to aspire, you know, or aspire to inspire. Yeah, and you know, like like I said, my my ride this summer it was seventy three hundred miles in like twenty six days. To that group, that's just like Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Right? That's just like 7,300 miles. Like, why'd you need three weeks to do that, dude? That's a week. Yeah. But 
to somebody else to other riders that's like bucket list i can't imagine riding 7300 miles in a month like and that's what's so cool is we're all at we're all riding our ride and just by riding our ride we kind of inspire other people to do more than they think they're capable of well yeah and, and that's you know there's a a new group that i found i think it's long distance riders on facebook and somebody said hey you know would you consider this ride a, a long ride? And, you know, s- that definition is going to be different for every person. To one person, yeah, 300 miles. Hey, man, that's, you know, that's kind of my day. Hey, great. Another person, they might want to do five, six, seven. You know, there's no exact definition to, and, like, for that, and group, I'm in that distance rider. I'm, I'm in that group, too. And the thing that I love about when those posts go up, we realize this class-wise a long-distance ride. There's 150 comments underneath it and 120 of them are people going, man, if that's long distance for you, that's awesome. That's what qualifies as long distance in your world. Ride your ride. And then there's 15, then there's 15 dudes like, that's not long distance. And then the remainder of the posts are people telling those guys to shut up and kick rocks. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, if we go to like with a hopper ride for mile monsters. Yeah. uh, Riot did one this summer. His, uh, one of his monster rides, Coney Island, New York, to the Golden Gate Bridge. The goal was 48 hours. He did it in 46. Wow. That's basically the cannonball. Uh, literally, I think he said that was like a three, four-hour nap in Nebraska somewhere. But, yeah, you know, and he, he raised a couple thousand miles for his charity. And, you know, what he's doing, he, he's also hooked up with Wild Ass and, you know, a lot of these other companies. And his platform, his Mile Monsters, is really growing and, like through some of the money the hoppers already raised, there was a, a family that was trying to get this new van for their son because, you know, Dushans eventually cripples you and it kills young boys. And they needed, you know, they were short like 10 grand on getting this wheelchair van. And so Riot had heard about it. He's like, no problem. You know, we're, we're going to go with the family now. and said, here you go. You need 10 grand. You know, this Here's- is what we do. And here you go. Get him the van. Yeah. Yeah. And to seeing that, you know, that side also of the community and, and so many of these guys that, you know, myself, I mean, even you, I mean, you've doing your mission 22 rides and inspires me to want to do more. And you got, you know, riot hopper K solo, you know, diesel, who's been on all these guys that, yeah, they ride, they're doing a lot of miles, but you know what, they're riding for greater good. And to all you guys, when I say, you know, thank you for the inspiration and, you know, I have some plans. I want to get something going next year for, some sort of you know charity run, do a ride, you know, pick which uh where I want the money to go to benefit, but you know, I wanna I wanna get involved with that. And that's that's my next big push with the V Twin Life is also, you know, pick an organization. I wanna I wanna be able to help other people. Yeah, you and you will, man. You you got the right idea. And like I like I like saying thank you to you because your platform, like basically everybody you just named has been on your show. I think all of them have been on your show at this point. They have. And it's crazy that, that they have. And like one of them, I got to say K solo, I had followed that guy's adventures for so long. And then to actually meet him well via the phone. Yeah. I was almost got to meet up with him in town, but they went through Port Angeles right when I was coming home. If I could have been home 10 minutes earlier, I would have been able to meet him on the road, but I passed him through Morse Creek as they were going out him and reef and one other guy when they were doing their, uh, I think it was a 48 and 10 run. Gotcha. 
and I just missed him. I was like, darn. But Wait, but you having this platform and having all those riders on that are doing that stuff hasn't <clears throat> how many how many people that have listened to the show have been inspired to to put the miles to use, you know, to put the riding to use. Like you said, it's inspired hearing those stories has inspired you to want to do you were riding anyways. You're like, I might as well do something with it. Right. So you're you're already just by nature, your platform being here and inspiring others to think about more than their writing, you're already kind of doing that. So, so well, good job, you. man. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. The, um, you know, we'll figure it all out. We'll oh, get yeah. some together out here for sure. The oh, uh, yeah. state's a little weird right now, but whatever. <laughs> well, you know, it just gives us, you know, that much more time to plan and say, gotta shoot for a June, July where usually we have the better weather and it just gives you more time to try to, to put something together. Yep. Got, got, it goes fast though. I can tell you that having planned two of these big rides, it goes fast. You think you got time and then the trip is here. <laughs> I bet man, I bet it does. So like if, you're, if you're, if you're thinking like post Memorial day for your ride, man, time to start ringing phones and knocking on doors it'll be it'll be here fast yeah i no doubt well shoot buddy you know once you let everybody know where they can follow your adventures and find you so uh i'm i'm easy to find uh denver mentioned at the beginning of the podcast uh two wheels to survive so the number two wheels number two survives we got that 22 in there uh, primarily on instagram i'm also on facebook uh there's a quasi dead youtube channel out there i haven't been very active over there but um that does exist out there. there's about a dozen videos on it or so and then uh yeah that's mostly i'm most active on instagram though because i'm usually posting from out on the road i'll post short videos and photos from there kind of talk about what's going on and where we're at for the day and of course but, down below we will i will put you know links to all your stuff also down in the comments so some people cool, you know it's easier it. just to click and boom it'll take hey. you there so we like to do that too, just to help out. Cause hey, I know I'm that same way. Nah, I appreciate it, man. Um, the uh, it's been good catching up, man. 40, 40 and a uh, forty and counting for you. So for you know, it'll be four hundred. <laughs> man, that'll be something. I tell you what, you'll get there. Yeah. Well, shoot. Hey, thanks for coming on, guys. Hey, thank you everybody for tuning in to the Beach Win Life on Milepost Forty. We're going places. But hey, if you guys like this, don't forget to follow along, subscribe. You can find us on the V Twin Life underscore podcast on Instagram or the face uh Facebook. We are the V Twin Life. But hey, if you share this patch for motorcycles, you got some stories you just want to talk. Hey, you can shoot me an email, the V Twin Life at Gmail. You can mess me on Facebook on Instagram. Hey, if you got some stories you enjoy riding, hit me up, man. Let's talk and let's uh let's get a milepost going. So until then, guys, hey, ride safe, enjoy that open road, and we'll catch you on the road. <laughs>